This is the Kamloops Insider with Parker Bennett. Welcome to episode 32 of the Kamloops Real Estate Insider podcast. This is your going to be your Halloween edition. Ooh. As my Okay, here's a trivia question for you to start it off. How many pumpkins can you fit in a four-door Jeep Wrangler? 82. All of them. 59. I put 56 in and I wouldn't try 57. <laughs> Do we lose if we go over? And if you need to see that picture, <laughs> go to Parker's Instagram account and check it out. Yeah. You yeah, can count so them. Yeah. So normally I'd get <laughs> d- do the pumpkin run with my truck, but my truck's kind of broken. So I had, to, uh, I had to take the Jeep to Superstore. And I asked the lady at the service counter if I could buy 56 pumpkins. And she thought I was insane. She actually wanted to know where I was going to sell them. I oh. told her I was giving them oh. away. Yeah. To kids, right? Yeah. They like pumpkins. It's Halloween. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And she's like, right. Yeah. And are they going to take them to the bridge and drop them off the bridge and smash <laughs> them? Not for $2.50 each, I hope. I hope not. <laughs> Anyways, enough about pumpkins. We had a bet earlier in the Bug. month. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just going to bring everybody up to speed on what that bet looked like. We're on a bit of a down cycle right now for units sold in Kamloops. And... So we had a wager to see how many units would sell in the month of October in the Camus area. And I'll just remind everybody what they chose for numbers. <laughs> um, Allie, you were the most, you were the lowest at 170 units. Yep. Philly, you picked 184. Yes. And I think I picked about 140. You no, did you said not. 190 or something <laughs> like that. 195. Um, 194. No, I forgot to carry the one there. That's just a simple (laughs) mistake. So we are currently at 88 units sold as of the 24th of October. So we're we're moving towards about 114, 115 units, which is down from 273 units last year at this month. Right. And we had a bit of a discussion about how we were going to calculate that (laughs) <laughs> into a percentage form, but we did come up with, we are, we are down 58% over last year. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Numbers are, yeah. numbers are interesting. They tell yeah. a tale. So I don't know what that means for November and December, but I do like the idea of like us having wagers all the time. It's fun. Oh, we have to do this every month? Yeah. What was it? Lunch? Lunch. Yay. So far I'm not paying. So you and I buy Ali lunch? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Do I get to come? McDonald's, here we come. <laughs> Happy meals for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Because we're not selling. Because so. the market's down, so we're not selling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we're doing the sushi thing, well, it'll be like on a, on a better month. <laughs> okay, today's discussion um, is about strata fees. I thought we would break down strata fees because I recently had a client who was looking for a strata type property. And she was comparing two different strata complexes, and she was basing value on whether or not the strata fee was higher or lower. And so I had to go through my spiel about the breakdown of that number and where that number goes and where there's value or you know, more value or less value, depending on you know, how, the, how that strata fee is, is divided into their contingency reserve, their yearly budget, and then general fees that you may incur as right. a strata complex. Right. So 
maybe first just to kind of break down, there's there's two types of strat. Well, there's multiple types of stratas, but there's two stratas that typically you run into: a bearland strata mm-hmm. or a strata strata. Like mm-hmm. a bearland strata is simply the the dwelling itself is is the owner's responsibility, and that strata, the the, the common components of that strata typically are road, uh, maybe some common general space on the on the complex, maybe underground water lines and sewer lines, maybe lamp posts, maybe fencing around the property. But typically in a bareland strata, your backyard, your roof, your building cladding is the responsibility of the homeowner. Right. Not the strata. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Th- whereas the other strata, typically more thought of when you have townhouse complexes or apartment buildings where the roof and the cladding and the structure of the building itself is part of the strata and it's not just a bare land type strata right okay and then to break down those stratas even further there are strata companies that operate with a professional strata management company and there are still some strata companies that operate by a owner developed strata like they're run by the they're they're run by their owners self-managed self-managed yeah. perfect yeah. wording perfect wording Ellie. which people want to know about it's very interesting yeah and i want to break down you know the significance of that right mm-hmm. so today you cannot start a strata and self-manage right in the province of bc you cannot However, if you are if you were a self-managed strata, you can carry on and be a self-managed strata, but no new strata companies are being developed that are not professionally managed. Okay, it's not allowed. And for good reason. Um okay, so let's look at the strata fee. Okay. What kind of things do you usually have in the strata fee? What do you mean? Like, like when, the you, when you look reserve? at a $300 strata fee for a, co- a complex. Yeah. What's in there? What kind of chunks are in there? <laughs> management. Ma- management. Management can can be one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Expenses. Like yearly expenses. Yep. 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 That contingency. The contingency fund. reserve fund study. Yep. Like the put the, away money. The put away money. Yeah. Yep. Which I want to seriously break down today. Yep. Anything else? Insurance. Insurance. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's yep. another one. Yep. Yep. Which may be considered like. Um, part of your yearly expenses, yeah. right? But the insurance is a big one. The insur- I, I think that's a big one too, and a lot of people are um, confused as to whether or not that covers the interior of their house. That's a good point. Right? Yeah. Or does it just cover the exterior? Right. Yeah. So you would have to look at that insurance package and see what that all covers. What it covers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maintenance. W- maintenance. And the yeah. reason why I say maintenance is because I had... Someone look at a building. It was very nice, and it had a pool. So those uh, that strata fee was considerably higher than right. anything else surrounding it because of the pool. Babysitting a pool is expensive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like sometimes when you think about a single family dwelling, and and you may measure yourself against a strata f- a fee that's going to be incorporated in, you think, well, you know, for three hundred bucks less, I could. You know, I don't have to pay a $300 fee if I just have my house outside of the strata, but you're not getting your, maybe your garbage is not included in that. So you're still mm-hmm. paying that on top mm-hmm. of that. Maybe you got to babysit your pool. So that's not included in the fee. Sometimes a strata fee is the best thing for you. It's a, it's a really 
you know, it's, it saves you money in compared to, you know, babysitting all your costs yourself, right? Yeah. Okay. So one of the main chunks in a strata fee, which has multiple names, and I want to dissect that, um, is the contingency reserve. And that's like the, the put away money, the money that you stuff away for things like replacing a roof, uh, repairing an elevator, um, repairing asphalt overlay in the parking Stucco, lot, siding, siding, windows, yeah. windows, yeah, etc. Okay, and the difference between looking at, like you know, the old saying, you "Can't judge a book by its cover." You can't judge a strata fee until you've looked at all the factors inside of it. Right. You couldn't look at an MLS sheet on two properties that were exactly the same that had different strata fees and qualify whether or not there was more value or less value based on the strata fee. Because one property could be super underfunded and you're going to have to pay special assessments on a continuous basis every time something fails. Whereas the other strata property with the higher strata fee may be really well funded and you're not going to be paying anything out of pocket on top of that strata fee when the roof goes, when the windows need replacing, when the elevator fails, when the parking lot needs to be resurfaced. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay, so different names. There is, I think it used to be called an engineer's report, even though that also has, that could be a name for something else too. Um, it's had the name contingency reserve fund study, which is a, one of the more modern names. It's had the word depreciation report, mm -hmm. and it's also had reserve data analysis. So there's like a, a whole bunch of names for the same thing. Yeah. But essentially... Essentially, a reserve fund study is this. Somebody who's qualified to do an evaluation does an analysis of all the different components that are owned by the strata that are common, mm -hmm. okay? And as well, limited common property. Mm -hmm. Like, let's think of some things on a townhouse. We were talking about, like the, the siding. Yeah. The, yeah roof, the roof. Windows. The asphalt overlay. Yeah. Um, Something that no, nobody thinks of very often in this city because most of the developments that we have here are fairly new, but underground services like sewer lines mm -hmm. and water lines. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go to a, an older area, like let's say downtown Vancouver, where you could have 150-year-old apartment buildings, those old sewer lines that run across Robson could be at the end of life. Yeah. And they may need to be dug up, which can be a considerable cost. Huge, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, how old is our oldest building in Kamloops? Good question. Research, Emma. I, <laughs> I bet you it's not older than the 50s. Like, I'm talking like... So, Nicola Tower is one of the older ones. It was uh, built in the is it? 60s, 70s, I think. Yeah, just one. We'd have to look. Just one. About, There's one uh, in Kamloops. Um, yes, the Sahali Muse. How old is that? Sahali Muse was built in the 70s. Okay. That's got 1970s. 185 Seymour Street, which is St. Andrew's Church, was built in September 1887. Okay. It's the oldest building. I'll find the oldest residential. Strata. No, I need Strata. Yeah. yeah. So, like, realistically, there, there's not a whole lot of really old stuff in Kamloops mm -hmm. by, you know, by the comparisons of what you'd need. But anyways. Yeah, but that, that's not to say that maybe the, where they are, the sewer lines need to, like, maybe the roots have grown into the sewer line. Things need to be replaced, yeah. right? Yeah. So. So things need to be replaced. Yeah. Okay. 
So now let's look at, let's look at, so first of all, the reserve fund study is going to look at all the different common items that are associated with that complex, that strata, okay? Yeah. yeah. It's going to itemize them, and then it's going to theoretically give them an end of life. So for instance, an asphalt shingle roof lives 20 years, mm-hmm. generally speaking, okay? Mm-hmm. No. And that doesn't consider that it had a, there's a 30-year out there, there's a 15-year out there, but they're going to figure out the end of life, end of service life relative to that component, and they're going to give that a future value of what it's going to cost to replace in the future. It's also going to have a today's cost to replace it. Mm -hmm. So like if we had to redo the roof today, if we had to redo the roof in 25 years, what would the future value of that be with general rates of inflation? Right. And it's going to build a budget to replace those items when they need to be replaced. So if you had a brand new building and theoretically the only thing, like just for the sake of argument, the only thing that was was common property was a roof. And in 30 years, the roof cost 100 grand, 100 grand today, let's say, mm-hmm. maybe 115 in, in 30 years. Mm-hmm. Then how much money do we need to put away each owner of that strata to save up so that on year 30, the cash is right there and we can yeah. replace the roof. Right. And it's done. It's not done. out of pocket. Not out of pocket. Yeah. That's the theory. And the models that they use are, are there's, there's three models that they need to use, like coming from a, so there's a homeowners association, which is the condo homeowners association of BC. That is the homeowners association for stratas. So like kind of like the council for realtors. For realtors, yeah. It would be that for stratas. Mm-hmm. So your strata answers to the rules and regulations that the com- condo homeowners associations put in place. And in dating back to 2011, that's when depreciation reports were made mandatory in the province of BC. Before that, you didn't have to have one, okay? They gave a two-year grace period for Stratus to get caught up. So, like, have an AGM, vote on it, make sure that we get a depreciation report. However, even after the two-year grace period happened, they changed the rules yet again because there was, like, not enough people to do depreciation reports for all the Strata properties. Mm-hmm. So they gave it another two-year grace period where you could vote to not do your depreciation report till December 2015. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they voted yet again to change the rules that, leg- like, you can continue to vote against having a depreciation report, but it has to be passed by a three-quarter vote. So is that not an issue when you go to um, a lender who wants a depreciation report? Yeah. I mean, let's say you're lending money on uh, an apartment building Mm -hmm. and you don't know where your financials lie in the future, Mm -hmm. you could really have doubt that if a special assessment of any significance came up, could your client be able to service that debt? Right. Right? Right. That'd be a serious problem. Absolutely. And I think that's a new problem. Yeah. I don't think five years ago lenders paid much attention to depreciation reports, Mm -hmm. but I think now especially if you don't have one, if you're buying into a complex that doesn't have one, mm-hmm. that's a threat. Yeah. And then yet again, even if you have one and it doesn't look like you're funded very well, it's yeah. also a threat. Yeah. you got to know that you, if a special assessment or special levy comes up, that you're able to pay it. Okay, so here's a scenario. Right? Okay. You have a 95-year-old lady who lives in a apartment building and she is on a fixed salary. Yeah. Meaning like... 
she's collecting RSPs or she's collecting CPP or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. It's fixed, okay? She can make her mortgage payment. Her mortgage payment's locked in. She can pay her hydro. She can pay her strata fees. She can pay everything off that she needs to pay, and she is got it together. She's even got a little money left over for six pack of beer, okay? <laughs> but then there's a huge special assessment on her property mm-hmm. for a new roof, new elevator, new cladding, and she cannot afford the special assessment. Mm-hmm. Now she's on a fixed income, mm-hmm. so she can't go to a bank and ask for money, mm-hmm. and maybe she has a ton of equity in that property as well. Mm-hmm. Is it right that she forecloses on her property because she can't make the special assessment? And that's why it's mandatory to have depreciation reports yeah, or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Reserve fund studies. Yeah. Contingency reserve. Yeah. Engineer's report. RDA. Call them all. We, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you've had any experience with lenders cogwashing on deal for you because you were underfunded? No. I had an experience uh, about a listing that was not go- it wasn't funded by banks. Everybody knew that you needed to come with cash. Right. If you wanted to buy one of those units. Right. Um, it was a great deal. So, interesting enough, uh, lots of people were interested in that building. Right. Uh, but it did have uh, an engineer's report. Not, this is the engineer report that was, is the other one. Right. Not the one that... So, like a legit engineer... A legit engineer report recommending all the things that needed to be changed... And it was well known that somewhere down the line, there was going to be a special assessment with a special levy. Significant. Yeah, but it wasn't there yet. So right. Okay. It did sell with multiple offers in spite of all those things. Perfect. Yes. So the banks aren't going to be... I would think that a bank would, would take on the risk if the client looked like they could handle a pretty decent special assessment? Mm-hmm. What? Well, Does you know what? Yes. Yeah. If you are putting down 50%. Right. right? But, they're, but they're looking at, this is a really good deal for someone. This is a first-time home buyer. That's typically the guy knocking on the door looking to get in this property. Well, the property that, uh, that I had was actually a lot of investors coming and wanting, and the reason why, and this is also the reason why this building is what was in such a bad shape, no restrictions for the rentals. So every time someone voted for something to be done, you didn't have a big quorum there because most of the units were occupied by rental. Right, and so they, they're trying to debt service their debt and trying to make money. They didn't care. Yeah, so yeah. they yeah, wouldn't yeah. show up or yeah. stuff like that. Right. And nobody would care to do any improvements because I just want the renter to pay rent. Yeah. And I don't want to spend money. Here's the problem with contingency reserve fund studies, in my experience. There, there are three different models that they use to imagine imaginary fund all the common components. And they're all based in theory at end of service life on this date. Give you an example. A stucco building requires cladding to be replaced in 60 years, I think. I think it's 60 years. Could be less. Could be 40. However, stucco could potentially last an awful lot longer than that. And it may never need to be replaced. Maybe, right? Who are we to say? Let's think about aluminum siding, which is another one. 
they, they feel like there's a 30-year life expectancy on that. This is based on the theory. And that's how the Contingency Reserve Fund study works. It's based on a theoretical end-of-service life. Mm-hmm. But uh, the aluminum siding could last 100 years. Mm-hmm. So sometimes those reserve fund studies look like they're fairly underfunded, but there are components that theoretically, realistically, are not going to get replaced at end of life. Because at the end of life doesn't mean that... Yeah. In, in the at year 40, the stucco's getting ripped out and put new stuff on. They're going to evaluate it and say, you know what, it needs some repairs here, 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 here. It needs some stain. But that cost is minimal compared to the $2.5 million that we that we theoretically budgeted for or yes. under-budgeted for. And so sometimes, to the layman's eye, the debt servicing on a contingent reserve looks really underfunded and you need to go in there and look at every single line, column by column, and what's realistically going to get replaced. For instance, the, the asphalt overlay is a huge cost that can sometimes be extended a lot of years by maintenance. The roof, not so much, right? Yeah. At, when the roof goes, it's time to go. Yeah. The siding can sometimes live a lot longer. And in the case that you were talking about, the building, I'm familiar with the building that you were talking about, because it was so old, the building code was so much different, and there's so much architectural um, transitions on that building that to redo the cladding on that building required so much building envelope redesign that it was so expensive to do. Right? Like. Yeah. Because now when they replace the, the cladding, it needs to be up to code. And they're so, they were so laxed on the building envelope code the year they built it that it would have so much mechanical changes to it today. However, in saying that, there's not really any problems with the building. No. Nope. It's just old looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So then you yeah. have two people fighting over the one person saying that we need to like buck up some money and the other person, the investor, who's saying... I think it's just fine the way it is. It's working. Right. And then you get nowhere. Right. Yeah. So what I do in my practice is I usually look line by line on a, on the executive summaries for all 30 years. And I look, okay, my client's going to live in here for 7.5 years, theoretically. That's Canadian's life expectancy in each home. And you can go through them with your client and say, listen, I know they're expecting to spend 100 grand in year 2027, that might be a year you get hit with a special assessment because you're a little underfunded. Or you might find that the asphalt overlay or building cladding lives for another 15 or 20 years and you might be able to like improve your contingency reserve enough to, to fund that at a later date. That's realistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if we go look at the roof and the elevator, those are things that are static. They're yeah. going to be replaced. Yep, they have to be. No matter yeah. what, right? In a lot of cases, this is happening a lot in Kamloops because there was a lot of apartment buildings that were built in the 70s and townhouse complexes and those windows are completely useless today and because we didn't have contingency reserve fund studies back in the day there's no funding for that and so what people are doing is although windows are common property owners are saying hey like i i know that we voted down replacing the windows but i really want windows Mm -hmm. so they go replace a window the strata approves it and you're slowly getting new windows put into complexes. That's happening in a lot of complexes. Yes, yeah. Right? But that cost is, is owner, uh, an owner. Yeah, cost. and you might get away with a cheaper replacement if everybody did it because now you're going to have like a 
a large scale operation yeah. replacing yeah. windows, which would be more efficient than, you know, a, a company coming in, ordering a window, coming and replacing a window and then yeah. going away mm -hmm. and then the next owner doing the same but thing. But in that situation, and I do have uh, had an example this year, your unit could be, could, could increase in value and your sale price will be a lot higher than you, your neighbors. You could set yourself apart, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you can sell sooner than your guy beside you because you have new windows. One thing that people don't know is the minute you change the windows, you take responsibility for that part of insurance. Right. So. Yeah, if it's not done by the strata. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because windows is, are considered, exterior windows are considered, I mean, you wouldn't have interior windows, but... Yeah. I don't think in saying it's an exterior feature that right. So then, what comes. happens when that owner has paid for their windows and then three years later they they decide to replace all the, the windows? Do they pay that special levy? I think that's been challenged in a few stratas already, and I think they've been gifted through that they don't have to. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to say. Like th that doesn't mean like the next one doesn't get bullied in there and just say, "Hey, it's a strata special assessment." Mm -hmm. That's just what mm -hmm. it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. The the reserve fund study is based on the thirty year plan, so they shoot for the next thirty years. Mm -hmm. And theoretically, every two years you're supposed to have a a redo on your reserve fund study. Mm -hmm. However, the cost of getting it done is usually cheaper because they've already identified all the different common components, and they're just updating the realistic service life compared to the theoretical service life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Here's an interesting fact. You have a underfunded depreciation, sorry, a, a contingency reserve fund, and it's so underfunded that you have minimal money in there. If you're operating, yearly operating expenses, okay, if you have less than 25% of your yearly operating expenses in your contingency reserve, you could be forced to have a special assessment just to build up equity in your reserve. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. Something that consumers need to be aware of then, right? However, it's always a vote. Yeah. So, yes. yeah. you know, yeah. nothing's for sure, right? Yeah. Um, we talked earlier about new buildings and having yes. depreciation reports on them. It takes, th th there's a rule that says you have to have a depreciation report on a new building six months after your second AGM. So remembering that an AGM doesn't happen until there's a strata formed. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the developer mm -hmm. hangs on to a majority of the units for an extended period of time in a bad market right. or in a bad building. Yeah. So once a strata is formed and an AGM is depicted on the s six months after the second AGM is when you should have a depreciation report. Mm -hmm. Contingency reserve fund study whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exciting stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It's fun stuff. Well, for the people that uh, are not ready for a single family home, it's a lot of great information because yeah. you can't say this strata fee is higher, that one is lower, let's go with the lower one. You have to dissect it. it yeah. could be a mess in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And there is some stratas in Kamloops that have a really, really low monthly assessment, and yet their de contingency reserve fund is like nil, right? It's just very poorly funded. Right. Mm -hmm. And so 
maybe you think I'm okay with a couple of special assessments when I need it, but I'm going to buy in here. And if I live here for four years and I move out, then who cares? But it's on the way out. If you haven't corrected the problem, it's going to be harder to sell. Yeah. yeah. And you're still going to lose value. And, right. you know, as people get more educated with internet and social media and stuff, I think you lose value more because more people are aware of like what the strata fee is for. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. But so work with a professional so that you know what's going on. There you go. And like on a Bearland strata, you typically have a really low sp- strata fee mm-hmm. because you're not reserve fund studying a whole bunch of stuff. Right. Right. And you're babysitting most of your own lawn and fencing mm. and exterior components. Yeah. So there's not yeah. really a huge cost. However, if you're self-managed, there's a huge savings because self-managed stratus typically don't have the management fee, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes there is a slight fee for someone to manage it, but like it's usually a homeowner, or one of the most organized members of your strata council. Yeah. Which ne- isn't necessarily a good thing. It, it could be good. It could be bad. It just depends yeah. like who on got? who we got. Yeah. yeah. There is a really large complex that's had a bad rap for its reserve fund and it is self-managed and it's, I think about a year ago, it got a new manager, a, a new council member had stepped up and they've really bounced back. Mm. It's the sister building to the one you were talking about. Oh, Oh, yeah. I'm going to ask you which one it is. Well, I'm trying to keep this uh, fairly generic yes. podcast here. <laughs> yep, let's keep Countless it that related. Way. Yep. Yeah. I, I, have a, I have a thought. If you do buy a house, yep. build your own contingency plan, your own depreciation report. You should, totally, 100%. Because, uh, because you'll need it. There's nobody there to do it for you, and you will need it. Right. If, if people did follow that as a protocol we would probably have less craziness in our showings. Like, yes. how old's the roof? You know, how old? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I treat yeah. my house like that. Like, there's a report on everything. Like, when I replace the furnace filter, it's documented. I have a data log for all that stuff. Everything's, re- like, I keep all those records. Holy. But I don't have a depreciation fund study. I don't have a, I have a visa. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, need a roof. Damn. Maybe you should do that business on the side for, like, houses. What? Well, you can come to mine and write all those things down. That'd be great. We just need to, like, keep track of everything. Well, jeez, that's a lot of work. Yeah. She has the money. She wants to pay you. <laughs> do I'm it. I'm super cheap. It's, like, 15, 20 grand a year, and I'll take care of it. Oh, everything. yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Good deal. Bargain. Plus, plus, plus. There's right. Like, yeah. Cost plus, yeah. Is there anything about stratas we haven't, like, the contingency reserve fund study we haven't talked about? I don't think so. That was good. Good coverage. Yeah? Mm. All yeah. right. Did you guys fall asleep? This room is no. so hot. That's the problem. It's Almost. not the material. It's the room. Right. It's toasty. And have me. you guys been following along the 10-day uh, soul challenge? I have. I shared it. I don't know if you noticed that. I did. Okay. I appreciate that. Share it if you're listening. Here's an interesting thing. I just got a text from uh, an agent from Remax who said there is multiple side bets going on whether or not this property sells <laughs> in the first 10 days. <laughs> so, That's hilarious. I leaked some bad information to him. I told him there was a contract being written as we speak. Just saying, you might want to up your ante, but <laughs> <laughs> we're still there. Do you get do a portion you, of that? That's what I was going to ask. Do you get any? 
I don't get a portion of it. I don't know all the details. But 1434 Lamar Drive, 10 Day Soul Challenge, day eight today. Ho, ho, ho. Look out for the video. We're going to pump that out and very shortly. Re- like, really shortly. So keep an eye on that. All right. And share it. Share right? it. Okay. Share it. All right. Happy Halloween if we don't talk to you before the end of the month. It's next week. It's yeah. it's on Wednesday. It's a, yeah, it's in a week. Today. All right. Take care, Kamloops, homeowners. Bye-bye. Bye.